The Cardinals are once again linked to a trade for a starting pitcher, but is the asking price too much? And if they're going to make a trade, which starting outfielder should be the one to go? We'll talk about it today on Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm Katie Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor. Born and raised in the Lou, but a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at JD Sports Radio. You can also follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Well, hello, and uh, once again, welcome into Lockdown Cardinals. First off, I want to thank all of you who uh, were, were tweeting and commenting and wishing me a, a healthy return. I've been under the weather since Sunday. Uh, had crazy work schedule over the last uh, like week. And I just was not getting enough sleep. And all of a sudden, I just felt just awful. <laughs> so uh, today, the first day that I'm actually feeling like myself. So uh, I finally kind of kicked whatever bug uh, was holding me back. So I'm ready to rock and roll. I hope you guys are, too, on this Wednesday, January the 18th, where the Cardinals have wrapped up the winter warm-up, which happened over the weekend. And we heard from a lot of players and from Mo and uh, owner Bill DeWitt Jr. And I do plan on talking about a lot of the things that those guys commented on uh, throughout the rest of this week. So uh, we'll get to a lot of that, but we've got some some bigger fish to fry here on this Wednesday, thanks to a recent article by The Athletic's Ken Rosenthal. Now, the Cardinals' interest in Miami Marlins starting pitcher Pablo Lopez has been well-documented. In fact, we've talked about him multiple times on this podcast, and for good reason. Young arm, 26 years old. He's going to be 27 this year. Uh, March, I believe, is when his birthday will be. Uh, has plenty of upside and, in some eyes, has yet to reach the full potential that Pablo Lopez could be as a starting pitcher in the major league. So why would the Marlins want to trade someone like Pablo Lopez? Well, the Marlins are in a rare spot right now. They're one of those teams that actually has a surplus of starting pitching, not only already on the major league roster, but coming up through their organization. You've got Lopez. You've got the NL Cy Young Award winner, Sandy Alcantara. I know we shouldn't bring up his name on this podcast, but uh, they've got him. Uh, Jesus Lazardo, Trevor Rogers, who's a guy I also think the Cardinals should check in on. Uh, Edward Cabrera, Yuri Perez, and they recently signed Johnny Cueto to the team. And uh, other than Cueto, all of these guys are young, right? I mean, they're all young, and it's a, it's a really good problem to have if you are the Marlins. The thing is, the Marlins have been rumored to be making Lopez available because they need offense. That's their issue. It's not so much that they're pitching, which clearly, obviously, they have a lot of that. But it's the offense that is struggling. Uh, Jazz Chisholm, who, very good player, a lot of talent, hurt a bunch last year. But they've got him. They've got Jorge Soler. Is he any good anymore? I don't know. Uh, Avisail Garcia. Is he any good anymore? I, I don't know. Gene Segura coming over from the Phillies. Um, they need some bats. 
They need some bats and they need it quick. You know, if they're going to contend in that NL East, which has got already, you know, the Mets, the Braves and uh, the Phillies as well. So it makes sense that the Cardinals and, and the Marlins would match up well. Cardinals need pitching. They've got some offensive depth in the outfield to burn. Seems like a good fit. So here's what Ken Rosenthal said in his article on The Athletic. Of all the teams that could benefit from a trade for Miami Marlins right-hander Pablo Lopez, the St. Louis Cardinals would rank near the top of the list. Four Cardinals starting pitchers, Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, Jack Flaherty, and Jordan Montgomery, are eligible for free agency at the end of the season. Lopez turns 27 on March 7th, is under club control for two more years. The Cardinals, who will face a potential surplus of outfielders once they promote top prospect Jordan Walker, are in position to satisfy the Marlins' need for offense. Aaron Skip Schumacher, the Cardinals' bench coach last season, is the Marlins' new manager. Lars Newbar is perhaps the best fit for the Marlins, who currently project Brian De La Cruz to be their center fielder. But Newtbar, under club control for five more seasons, is perhaps the outfielder the Cardinals are least likely to move. The team has been more open this offseason on Dylan Carlson, who has four years of club control remaining. Tyler O'Neill, with two years left, has the least trade value, coming off a season in which his OPS Plus was barely league average. The teams have engaged in at least preliminary trade discussions, sources said. Of course, the last time these clubs made a big trade, it didn't work out so well for the Cardinals. Who can forget Sandy Alcantara, Zach Gallen, Daniel Castano, and Magnera Seguera, or uh, Magnieris, or however he said his name, for Marcelo Zuna in December of 2017. So, first off, thank you, Ken Rosenthal, for, bring, Rosenthal for bringing up that last trade. That's, that's really sweet of you. Really appreciate that. Was that necessary? You had to do that. You didn't have, you didn't have to tear open that wound again. We know it sucked, okay? But first off, just because one trade didn't work out the way you'd hope doesn't mean you just stop trading altogether and they should be scared to pull the trigger on deals in the future. Because I've pointed out on numerous occasions that the Cardinals, when they're involved in trades, it, it works out more times than not. Hello, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Okay, I'm going to say we won those deals. So don't be gun shy if you're the Cardinals front office, but also you don't have to give in and feel pressured like you did when you made that Ozuna deal where you felt like you had to do whatever it took to go get a bat. And it sucked that they weren't going to give you um, Christian Yelich, who the Cardinals apparently had asked for at the time. Uh, Stanton didn't want to come to St. Louis. So it was down to Ozuna, who was coming off a huge year for the Marlins. And things just didn't work out the way you'd hope they would. Pablo Lopez. Fine pitcher, right? Uh, I like his stuff. He's got five pitches, fastball, changeup, cutter, sinker, curveball. Uh, fastball, sinker come in around 93, 94. His changeup, really, really good. Comes in around 87, solid 34% with percentage on the changeup. He was 10 and 10 this year. ERA 3.75 and 32 starts. He had a whip of 1.167. He struck out 174 hitters in 180 innings. His strikeout per nine rate was 8.7, which was actually down from 2021, where he was at 10.7, which is phenomenal. Uh, 8.7, don't get me wrong, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, that ranked him 23rd in Major League Baseball this year, eighth overall in the National League. But you would hope that he could get back to that 10.7 range the previous year, which had him close to the top five in all of baseball, top three in the National League. Now his wins above replacement, 3.0. The leader in that department for pitchers was his teammate, once again, Sandy Alcantara, at 8.7. Uh, Lopez was quite a ways down the list at number 42 last season, but here's the thing. 
He would have been tops on the Cardinals staff in that department. Only former Cardinal Jose Quintana, who only pitched here for a month and a half, beat him with a 3.5 uh, war. Now, as far as his contract goes, he avoided arbitration this year, signed a one-year deal, $5.45 million. Arbitration eligible again next year before becoming a free agent. So basically, if you want to compare it to somebody in the same boat that Jordan Montgomery was coming to the Cardinals last year, uh, you'd have Lopez for this season, one more season, then he'd be eligible for free agency. Now, keep this in mind, too. The Cardinals are not the only other team that are looking at Pablo Lopez as an addition to their ball club. According to MLB.com, there also could be a, a potential match with the Pirates. Or not Pirates, I'm sorry, with the Padres. Uh, shortstop Hassan Kim going back to Miami is something that's been talked about. That's what one rival evaluator speculated to ESPN's Buster Olney. Both players are under contract for two more seasons. Kim has a mutual option for 2025. Another possible destination for Lopez the Minnesota Twins, per MLB Network insider John Heyman, the two teams have discussed a swap involving Lopez. Miami reportedly asked about outfielder Max Kepler or infielder Luis Arise in return. Now, Heyman reports that the Twins do not want to trade uh, Arise, who won the AL batting title this past season, but it's something that has been discussed. They also point out that Lopez isn't the only pitcher the Marlins have put on the block. Heyman said they've also made... Jesus Lazardo, Trevor Rogers, and Edward Cabrera available as well. Each member of that trio under club control through at least 2026. Lopez, in my opinion, would be an excellent addition to the staff, right? He, he's very, very good. Could arguably be your ace, considering what you have on the uh, on the roster already. Like, if you put his numbers up to against these guys, he's right there as your top pitcher. Um but what's it going to take to get him, you know? Do, do you consider Pablo Lopez an elite pitcher? You know, somebody that will be your ace going forward because that's the only reason why you would trade for him, right? You're not trying to trade to get a guy to be a depth piece. Looking, You're not looking for another number three or a number four. You want somebody who's at least a number two with possibly one upside, right? That's what you're looking for. So what are they going to want in return? The starting outfielders for the Cardinals obviously have some trade capital there, right? They're, they're worth something. So uh, which one of these guys is the most expendable and makes the most sense to move? We're going to tackle that next on Locked on Cardinals. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Pro football, college and pro basketball, hockey. They've got it all at betonline.net. Super wildcard weekend in the NFL. That was a lot of fun. Quite entertaining for the most part, unless your team was in it and they lost. And uh, this weekend, you've got the divisional round where the number one seeds are going to get involved finally. So Saturday, it's the Chiefs at uh, eight and a half point favorites at home over Jacksonville. The Eagles at seven and a half at home over the Giants. Moving on to Sunday, the Bills are five-point favorites at home over the Bengals, and then the 49ers three-and-a-half at home against the Cowboys. Um, upsets in that one. I mean, it's hard to look past Jacksonville, but, man, I don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I said the same thing about Tom Brady last week, though. I don't ever want to bet against Tom Brady, but the Cowboys went out and kicked his butt. Um, maybe the Bengals at the Bills. I mean, that's that's a fun matchup right there. Um does Brock Purdy come back to earth against the Cowboys? I don't know. I don't know. Giants at the Eagles, that's another uh, division battle in the NFC East, and those are usually close. So 
an interesting weekend in the NFL. Make it more interesting by placing a bet at uh, betonline.net. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to check out Locked On MLB Prospects as well. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow, including guys that the Cardinals have like Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Gordon Graceffo, and more. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Now, I've said this phrase on this show before. You've got to give to get, okay? that That's the way it's supposed to work, despite the Cardinals committing highway robbery over the years in past trades. I'm not going to bring up this Marlins one anymore uh, about Sandy Alcantara, okay? That's one that they lost, okay? But Goldie, Arenado, Edmonds, Roland, Holiday, huge names that the Cardinals have been able to acquire for not great prospects, okay? They didn't have to give up all that much to get these guys. So, um, we're, we're we're going to pretend the Marlins aren't going to fall for those kind of shenanigans. Okay. We're going to be honest about an actual trade to get Pablo Lopez away from the Miami Marlins. And um, if they were to deal him and brought up in the Rosenthal piece, one of your starting outfielders for the Cardinals is likely going to be the asking price. You're going to give up one of those. So which one are you more willing to part ways with to make this deal happen? Let's take a look at all three of these guys. We're going to go uh, from left to right. So left field, let's start with your two-time gold glove left fielder and my personal man crush, Tyler O'Neill or Bro Neal, as uh, he is known on Locked on Cardinals here because I love this guy. I love everything about him. Uh, pros and cons. Tyler O'Neill, an elite athlete. We know this, right? He's got speed, elite speed. One of the fastest guys in all of baseball. He's got power. He's a, a, the son of a bodybuilder. You know he can slug it. Uh, defense, two-time gold glove winner. We already know that. Here are some of the numbers on baseball savant. I'm going to bring these up onto um, the YouTube channel. So check these out. All right, there you go. Tyler O'Neill. Look at it. He's in the red or at least a pinkish hue <laughs> in every category except expected batting average, strikeout percentage, and whiff percentage at the plate. That is his downside. If there's one huge downside when it comes to being on the field, the swing and miss. He's going to strike out a lot. That's just what he does. He does swing and miss, okay? In this era of baseball, the strikeouts, I know to me and you, it matters a lot. But in the overall scheme of things, it's become accepted in the game of baseball that if you can hit for elite power, they'll let you strike out more. You know, a guy like, remember Rob Deere back in the day? That guy would hit like 30-something bombs, but he'd hit 200 and strike out 200 times, and everybody was like, ugh, get him off my team. Nowadays, Rob Deere would be somebody that people would want because of uh, the power that he supplied. Now, your next concern with O'Neill is the injuries. Rough season for him in 2022, mostly because of the leg injuries. You know, he had the shoulder impingement thing, but his leg injuries were the real problem. And we've heard that this offseason, he's been working on improving his flexibility to avoid such issues in the future. Last year, he had 228, 14 home runs, 58 RBIs, 14 stolen bases. Does that in 96 games. In that time period, I, I feel like those are acceptable numbers. He's 27. He'll be 28 in June. He's got one more year of control after the season. And I know he's been mainly a, a left fielder in his career in the majors, but also played center field last year. Actually, 167 innings as the center fielder. And he made as many errors as me and you did. Zero. None. Didn't make a single error. 
in center field last year. So that's something that you might want to think about when we discuss trading any of these guys that all three of these guys can play center field as well. It's not like Dylan Carlson is the only one. Newt Barr can play there. O'Neill can play there as well. So that's a good thing that they're interchangeable that way. So that's uh, so that's Tyler O'Neill's numbers. Now let's move on to Dylan Carlson, former top prospect in the organization. He finished top three in the NL Rookie of the Year voting in 2021 when he hit 266, 18 home runs, 65 RBIs, but he regressed massively last season. He falls to 236, eight home runs, 42 RBIs. He dealt with injuries uh, in the hand area, which makes it very tough to be a good hitter when you can't hold back. All right, so we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt and think that sophomore slump plus injuries, that could be the reason why his uh, his stats were so bad. Now, we're going to look at his baseball savant numbers here, and they're not great. They're just not good, plain and simple. Here you go. We'll put them up on the screen for you there. Dylan Carlson. That's not what you look for, right? Offense kind of brutal there. Now, he's still just 24, but I did an episode not too long ago about Carlson where I questioned if our expectations for Dylan Carlson should be any more than what he gave us in 2021. Should they be higher than that? Has he been built up to be a better player than he's going to be. You know, his 2021 year, 266, 18 home runs, 65 RBIs, that's a solid year. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But if the idea is that one day he's going to hit 290 with 25 bombs and 85 driven in, are we aiming too high thinking that Carlson can reach those levels? Again, he's 24. He's got room to grow for sure. He's a switch hitter. I'm not burying Dylan Carlson after one season. In fact, I'm one of the more patient guys out there who is willing to give these guys at least another year to try and develop, especially a guy like Carlson, who's 24. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud here. He's under control until 2027. That's always nice. I mean, are you ready to punt on him already? You know, I gave a lot of uh, grief to people about, wanting to punt on Nolan Gorman after this year. And I still don't understand that. Like, why did, why is he automatically stink after a little over half a season in the major leagues? Like, I'm just, I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm willing to give the guys a benefit of the doubt and give them more time to uh, prove themselves. So, um, but you got to also think in the same case, who's more valuable to these other teams? Like, do they see Dylan Carlson the same way that the Cardinals see Dylan Carlson? We'll, we'll find out because <laughs> I guess his name's been brought up in trade talks. People, uh, I, I like him, uh, but is that the guy that people have been asking about mostly from the rumors we've heard? That's not exactly the case. The guy that everybody wants is the newest MLB sensation, the golden child, Lars Newbar. And we're going to talk about why everybody is so high on Lars Newbar and why everybody wants to trade for him next on Locked on Cardinals. What a rise it has been for the 25-year-old Lars Newbar. Newbar has seen his stock soar in the past year due to his hitting and fielding metrics in 2022. It's hard to argue with them. I mean, if you are appalled by the color red and you're on YouTube, then do not look at the screen right now because you're about to see a whole lot of red for Newbar in 2022. So there's his, uh, here's his stats there. How about that? 
this is why people love him so much. He has just two categories that aren't pink or red. Outfielder jump percentage, where he's in the 51st percentile, so right in the middle there, and expected batting average, where he is just below average at 49th. But everything else is either good to great. Exit velocity, 90th percentile. Barrel percentage, 85th percentile. Hard hit percentage, 80th percentile. Walk percentage, 98th percentile. Arm strength, arm strength, 94th percentile. Sprint speed, 74th percentile. I mean, on paper, this is the next Mike Trout, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's a little bit too much because Trout is just off the charts and everything where he's like in the 90th percentile on everything. But still, these things you're seeing right now are why so many teams, including the Cardinals, are high on Lars Newbar and why his name's been brought up in multiple trade rumors this offseason. Now, on the other side of things, his numbers for 2022, the numbers you would see on the back of his baseball card, 228 batting average, 14 home runs, 40 RBIs. OPS plus 126, which is outstanding. That You love to see that. League average is 100. But 228, 14 home runs, 40 RBIs? Does that excite you all that much? Maybe, maybe the 14 home runs. And granted, he was batting at the bottom of the order. So 40 RBIs, you know, he was batting behind the catchers who were never on base for the Cardinals this past year. Uh, so I'm not going to give him too much grief about the RBIs. 14 home runs you like to see, but 228 batting average. Is that something you want? Um, career 257 hitter in the minor leagues, 231 in the major leagues. Has never hit more than 10 home runs at any single level, including college, until this past season. Um, college? Like, this, just, no, there's no power there. 2021. Now, now, let me point this out for Lars Newbar. 2021, hit six home runs at Memphis, five with the Cardinals, five more in the Arizona Fall League. So combined, you get 16 in 2019 at three stops. Um... No, that was in 2021. 2019 in three stops, hit seven home runs. Total, total. 2021, he hit uh, the uh, the 16. And the most he hit in college in one season was seven. I know they play less games, but still. Uh, this year, if you count Memphis and St. Louis, he actually hit 18. So maybe he figured something out with the launch angles to improve that aspect. That's something. I mean, people improve. You know, it's not like whoever he was in college is the guy he's going to be forever. I understand that. But I just posed the question like Brad Pitt did in Moneyball. If he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? You know, all the metrics say that he should be this top hitter, this elite hitter. And maybe that's what will happen in 2023. That's a possibility. But I argued this offseason that Lars Dupar's stock may never be higher than where he's at right now because he's kind of an unknown. You've got these metrics that say, incredible player then you see what he's done on the field in his career and you're like hey, he's a good player i guess nothing elite level so do you trade him now while everybody's in love with him and risk the fact that maybe he comes back down to earth a little what if he hits 228 next year with 14 home runs again i mean nobody's going to get all that excited about that i mean he's got to improve on those numbers if he's going to be worth keeping around and, um, you know, behind him, behind all three of these guys, let's be honest, Alec Burleson, who's one of your top prospects 
killed it at AAA Memphis this past year. Yes, struggled a bit when he came to the major leagues, but that happens. Not everybody just comes up to the major leagues and starts raking, okay? Even the top prospects don't do that. Um, but you've got Alec Burleson there. Do you believe in him? Another left-handed hitter. Uh, Jordan Walker, obviously, everybody believes in him. Everybody. Everybody who judges Major League Baseball talent has got this guy as a top five prospect coming into the season. A lot of people think he'll make the ball club out of spring training. I don't think it's as much of a guarantee as everybody else is making it sound because if all these guys are healthy already, then you're not going to barely play Jordan Walker, right? You're not going to, you're not going to bring him up and have him sit on the bench. So if he's not playing six days a week, why is he on the MLB roster? You know, you want him developing even more. And then you've got Moises Gomez. Uh, again, another guy, you know, he he's an unknown because he has this one incredible year last year where he hits all these home runs in the minor leagues, but he'd never done that before. So he'll probably start at AAA, but is he somebody who could turn into somebody for this outfield? Could he be like Tyler O'Neill was as far as hitting-wise? We'll have to wait and find out. But all these guys are waiting in the wings to get some playing time as well, which is why you've got depth at the position that you can trade for starting pitching. Now, we all love the energy that Lars Newbar brings to the team, and that shouldn't be understated, how important he might be to that clubhouse. I'm not in there. I don't know, but you see how they interact with him on the bench, the, the pepper grinding and all the stuff that he does. That's fantastic. You don't want to lose that. So I understand that what Lars Newbar does on the field isn't necessarily everything that he brings to this ball club. But are we sure Newt is as good as the metrics say? Again, I'm not bashing the guy. I'm just thinking out loud. Are we Are we sure? Are we positive about that? So those are the options. You've got Tyler O'Neill. Stock is down because of the injuries last year, but he's done the most at the MLB level. A couple of gold gloves, got MVP votes in 2021. The best athlete out of all three of them, I think by far. Uh, you've got Dylan Carlson. Stock down a little bit because of his bad year last year, but still highly thought of, arguably has the most upside. Out of all three, was your top prospect just a couple of years ago. And then you've got Lars Newbar, who was never one of your top prospects, but his stock has just gone through the roof in the last year. May never be higher. Everyone loves him after a strong second half last year. What do you do? What do you do? Who do you decide to trade? Now, if I had to trade one today, and I'm going to hang my head in shame, because it makes me sad that just looking at it and taking personal feelings out of this, as much as I love him, it feels like O'Neal would be the most expendable guy out of those three. He's older. He's more expensive. And do we know if 2021 was a one-and-done aberration, or is it something that we should expect from Tyler O'Neal moving forward? I want to believe in him. Because I see the athlete he is. But is he the next Randall Gritchick too? That, eh, you know, he's good. He's powerful. Looks cool with the muscles. But that is who, when I narrow things down, that's who I think it is. But if you read that article, they say Tyler O'Neill's got the least trade value right now because of those issues, because of his injuries last year. But let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Who would you move and why? Do I think a trade is coming here in the next couple of days? 
Oh, probably not. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I genuinely think, and I'll continue to say this, that I think the Cardinals are willing to take what they have right now into next season, into spring training, and see what they've got first before making moves, which might be a mistake. You know, um, you know, if you sit there too long, somebody else jumps in, takes Pablo Lopez away from you. That That's the risk you take. Uh, the Cardinals clearly think they have some pretty good uh, guys in the rotation already. And they clearly have a lot of faith in what Jack Flaherty is going to do this season. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at on this. So let me know who you guys want to want to want to trade if you were to get Pablo Lopez. Um, I was talking to uh, our guy over at uh, Locked On Marlins today, and uh, I'm actually waiting on a text from him right now because he was going through it. But Peter says Peter thinks Carlson is the guy. Okay, so. He thinks they would be interested in getting Carlson. Is Carlson the guy that you'd be willing to give up to get Pablo Lopez? Or is it new bar? I don't know. You tell me. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked On Cardinals. 